This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Hello, Marv. Hello there, Kelly Kelly. We're back. <laughs> We're back. It's the month of April. I was um, doing a podcast last night and we were talking about just like we've taken such a deep dive in this winter season and I feel like everyone's kind of been reevaluating. We were coming out of the pandemic and so there was a lot of newness maybe because life just looks so different. And so April really has this new energy. Like I'm feeling it. I don't know if you're feeling it, but it feels like a little lighter, a little more exciting, like what's next kind of vibe. And it's this like... Well, everybody's feeling it. You do. Well, I mean, it's spring, and so it's finally a little warmer. We're getting outside. But I feel it just in general, people seem a little more hopeful looking forward. So I wanted to talk through with you like what we can expect this next month because I do feel that that's the vibe. Um, But then, of course, it's like... The Aries energy, which I was just saying to you, is not my favorite. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, the vernal equinox is um, is when everything uh, day and night becomes equal length. Hold on, Marv. You said vernal equinox. Like we should know what that means. What is that? That's just the name of it. I'm I'm sorry. The spring equinox. Okay, way better for us peons. Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's equal day and night, and that symbolically uh, stands for the individual uh, power and the collective power. And so when the Aries comes into um, our uh, comes into the new moon of Aries. You have to actually realize that we are impregnated with a dream, a vision. I mean, we're coming out of winter, which was 
frozen, we pulled in, we moved inside. So it's been that uh, moving within oneself. Mm -hmm. And now when we got spring, you know, you got flowers and sunlight and people are lightening up and they're ready to go out and forage. And so you get when you're, we call that um, in the winter, we call that dream time. Okay. That's that Pisces energy, right? That's that Pisces energy. So you're dreaming, you're getting visions, you're thinking about, boy, when spring gets here, I want to do this, or I want to do that. So when when Aries comes in, you're really stepping out on, on an individual basis. You, Aries is the energy of the warrior, it's courageous, it's all the it's all the action-oriented principles. And so um, the underlying spiritual theme to that is that all fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sag, are always trying to find identity. Who am I? That is so interesting because I feel like fire signs are so... Um... I was going to say clear about who they are, but they're very, to me, all the fire signs in my life feel like they know exactly who they are and they come in with that strong energy with no questioning and wavering or anything like that. So that is a very confusing statement Well, think about it. Every time somebody is boisterous and, and straight, over obnoxious and very straightforward, what's their level of security? Oh, so outward security, inward insecurity. There you Got go. It. So they present of course, as super secure, but really internally they're struggling with their insecurities. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you see the thing about Aries is that um, they, they're motivated by sight and emotion. Okay. So, and then they move very quickly and they don't think. They just act on instinct. Yes. When you think, well, then you create all kinds of chaos in your thinking um, because that doesn't, um, that's not supportive of the Aries energy. Mm-hmm. Aries energy, I'm trying to find out who I am by it, by interfacing and bumping up against the world. So it's very male. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so th- what they see and what turns them on is what they immediately instinctively go after. See, you've already got the seed. The seed and the dream is already in there. And that's been given to you by spirit. So you don't know. You just got to go out and start acting on that impulse mm-hmm. of of that you're what you're trying to discover. That makes so much sense because I feel like so many people spent the winter kind of dreaming up these ideas or maybe even thinking like, I'm going to shift in this career, this relationship, whatever this dynamic is in my life. And so now you're saying we're ready to take action on those dreams. Yes. Because you see what you're ultimately doing, this is the emotional body. Male emotional. 
So you have to bump up against the world in going after cleansing the emotions so that you you can gain. Well, in other words, when we face an emotional uh, situation, we have to uh, make different perspectives and choices. And why is it, um, why is it, why is that energy so strong within us? Mm. So we have to, we, this is how we cleanse and become a uh, much more of, of our higher self. Our spiritual self is by cleansing old emotional patterns, which are really old perspective events, perceptions from this and other lifetimes. As someone else said to me yesterday um, that I was ready to leave a lower vibration version of me and I'm like moving into this new higher vibration, which would sound sounds very in line with what you're saying timeline wise. And it's also I know you're rolling your eyes right now because you've been telling me this for a while. But it's interesting (laughs) because when we're evolving like that. Uh, what I was saying to her was I still have this urge to go back to that lower vibration. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying right now is like, no, this energy, especially this Aries energy is like, you are going forward, move forward, take the next action step, stay out of the thinking of overanalyzing or wanting to return to the familiar and go into this unknown newness. Well, I mean, think about it. If you're trying to self-discover, you got to be future oriented, don't you? Yeah. And your emotions are going to bring you to bump up against your preconceived notions and perceptions of the past, aren't they? Because that's Mm -hmm. the only way you're going to be able to confront them and uh, neutralize and gain a different perception perspective. Say that again. The only way you're going to be able. So if you see your emotions from the past or the way you mm-hmm. you way you thought of things from the past, you're going to bump up against those things when you're transitioning into something new to be able to move forward. And Am I saying, cleanse. Am I cleanse. Well, okay. see what you're moving forward from is we're all, we're all, uh, um, we're all trying to uh, make choices on new perspectives and perceptions mm-hmm. to become more in alignment with all who we are authentically. Okay. Yeah. And so we have to confront the emotions and they, the emotions that we have bring to us the experiences You see, so when you have an emotion, you're going to create the experience to confront the emotions, to confront those perspective and perceptions that are in error so that you can redefine yourself by making new choices and new perspectives about Mm. old, old stuff, old beliefs, old fears. Right. Let me see if I can put this in layman's terms for the people. <laughs> but so, I thought that was pretty layman. <laughs> no, still not. <laughs> so, like for an example, 
what I always hear about relationships is if we have unhealed wounding from our childhood, for instance, let's like say that we're going to draw in a relationship to bring all of those emotions and those wounds to surface um, so that we can heal them. And so like we may seem more activated or be bumping up against ourselves more in a relationship than we do when we're just going about daily life. Um, but it's really because we're trying to confront those old emotions so we can stop repeating old patterns and move into and heal and move into a new uh, version of ourselves that's more authentic to who we truly are. Yes. Okay. We got well, it, Marv. So, so what does this mean? I need to have you as my interpreter. Basically. It's like you're doing sign language and I'm the one like saying what you're saying. <laughs> I'm putting it into words for the people. <laughs> so in other words, um, I mean, the big idea is that, you know, the male and the masculine has to go after what they see so mm -hmm. that they can confront the old emotional patterns, desires, and manifest um, reality. So we're all manifest our own reality, don't we? Okay. And so we're manifesting what we fear, what our preconceived notions or perspective and perceptions were based on past experience. So, the, so then we step out into the spring into the Aries energy to go confront those um, uh, those realities within us that are in error so that we become more identified with who we truly really are right. or authentically are. I get confused by that, though, because you said we manifest our own realities. And the way that I hear that when you say, like, we manifest our own fears is almost like punishment for some reason. Like, Wow. But that's what you've got to understand. It's not punishment. It's okay. opportunity. Opportunity for what? To face, to face the fear or face the preconceived notion that is an error. To face the ego personality perspective versus the high self perspective. Okay, that helps. See, the soul is going to send us into uh, situations so we learn. That's the soul's job. Mm -hmm. It's to ultimately help us learn who we truly really are which are, we are, ye are all gods. Mm -hmm. You already know everything there is. You already are a spiritual being of light. Now in a physical form, you have to, man you can manifest uh, a reality that takes physical shape so that you can experience objectively so that you can, you can, um, uh, correct misperceptions and miscreations that are in our subconscious mind. Yep. And so this is how Aries works because they're confront, they're courageous, they're warriors. Mm -hmm. What did you, what, I remember what Jesus said? I didn't come to bring peace. I come for it with a sword. 
to cut away the darkness to open up to the light. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's said in many different ways from many different masters. But in Aries, yeah. I was going to say, I'm glad that you brought up Jesus because I think the thing we were just last saying about, you know, we, we are all gods. We manifest our own lives. Um, If you grew up religious or if you are religious or, you know, very in the Christian culture would say that God has a plan for our lives and we're not really a part of those plans, you know, like, like just to turn yourself over to the plans of God and so it's been a like I grew up very religious. I'm more spiritual now, um, but that's a big battle between like, wait, if I'm saying I'm a god, what about like my higher power, you know? And just kind of that piece of it. But you always tie in the teachings of Jesus and the Bible too. Like it's a just one form of or one way to translate all of this stuff, I guess. Well, that's that's just one master. Okay. I mean, Buddha says the same thing. Right. Krishna and, says the same thing. Yeah. Uh, 12 Kri- Steps uh, says the Krishna same thing. Murdy says the same thing. Right. There's all uh, the things. Cahill Gibran says the same thing. They all say the same thing. That's right. I just use Jesus because that's much more of a recognized um, symbolism that mm-hmm. we can use to uh, kind of get an understanding. But you see, the, when you said something about plan, you are a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a planning stage before you ever come into this life. And you're standing before the council and getting approval on the plan that you're laying out. Right. I always tell myself that when I'm going through what I would call hard times in my life, you know, or um, painful times, because it's a part of the plan because in most cases, like what I've started to ask myself is what did you learn here? And what, like, what is this shifting you into for yourself? Because I do believe that all of the things in my life, even the painful parts are a part of bringing me back to my most whole self and my most authentic self. And so even if it's a really painful breakup, for instance, like, what did I learn in that relationship? Like my last relationship completely changed who I am. Like in, it helped me evolve into something. Like I learned so much, I guess would be the way to say that. Mm -hmm. And so, although it's really painful to go through the breakup, the relationship served and the relationship was painful, but like it served me in such a positive way, ultimately, because it has shifted some of the old, it's, help me heal and see the things I need to heal within myself. And it's helped shift some of the old programming that I needed to let go of for myself. So it was very worthwhile in the long run, even though it was very painful, but like I maybe had to bring it into my life for that reason, because if I don't usually pay attention unless it's kind of painful, honestly, (laughs) like I'd probably Uh just stay the same, you know, like pain for me is what brings about change. Well, it does for everybody. Yeah. And so what what you're saying is, is I discovered some of the emotions. You know, it just brings up to my mind, you know, a lot of a lot of metaphysical people say, well, when you're following the soul, uh, you're going to be on a good path and you're not going to have to go through a lot of pain. Well, that's not so. 
Right. The soul could care less about how much pain you go through. Mm. It wants you to learn. Mm -hmm. So it's guiding you into situations to help you learn. Because you see, your perspective and perceptions is what brings you on the karmic wheel. That's what binds you back to the whole karmic principle. And that karmic principle is uh, the ego personality Mm -hmm. is attached to certain beliefs and perceptions about things. Mm -hmm. And so this is why we have to change. See, when you change emotionally uh, and when you change through pain, pain is the greatest teacher of all because you don't forget it. You can't forget it. That's right. Right. So you don't forget it. And uh, you're able to come a little more in alignment with who I really am. So you said it. Mm-hmm. And that's what Aries is all about. And that's the energy of Mars is going out and confronting the world and challenging the world with whatever turns you on and then moves you emotionally. Mm-hmm. And it does it to the point to where uh, Aries is known for uh, taking a sword, grabbing a shield and don't get in their way because mm-hmm. they will cut you. Mm-hmm. Don't you have Aries in some part of your chart? Oh, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Just saying, just (laughs) saying. Yes, I got an Aries moon. Of course you do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you love me, Kelly. I mean, I'm just really glad that you're a very evolved Aries moon. (laughs) I probably would have hated you at my age. (laughs) All right, so we're going in, we're warriors, we're, we're ready to make the move. What else is happening? Well, wow, Marv, we, you're busy over there. Well, <laughs> it's all junk calls. Um, I hate those. So, I mean, you know, it's, I think that's the, the biggest thing you can understand about Aries is that there is a search for truth, a search for identity, And we get to do it because the world and earth is coming alive. We get to participate in a new program and it's got to be done instinctually. See, there's two ways to use Mars. You can use it ego and physically and aggressively, or you can use it instinctively. And that's the big difference between the ego Aries and a spiritual Aries is using the instincts to what is right Mm. to draw you towards what you're needing to experience. And so um, a lot of people get that confused and think of Mars or Aries as being because it's a warrior and courage. And uh, the mythology is the old bloody warrior of uh, Mars. Um, but that's not really uh, the correct use of the energy of Mars. But it is very male. It's very, it's very, and you got to understand the male's job is to identify something and then to surgically separate it from itself so that it can be objectified. So it can understand itself 
from an objective. So the male is always breaking things up, cutting things in, in twos, so to speak, so that we now can look at something outside of ourselves to understand what's inside of ourselves. Mm, Just yeah. what you talked about earlier. Yeah. See, we, we need objectification from all things that are relationships. Now, when we have um, um, people relationships, all of them objectify what's going on inside of us. Say more about that. Well, we've created, we, look, we're going to talk about Neptune here in a minute. And you have to understand this is the highest element of energy uh, in our, in our lives. It's, this is, um, it, it's agape love. It's the high soul, it's spirit. It dissolves matter. It dissolves individuality and ego. And so you really are in a path to attract in what you need to dissolve those things. Mm. And so, um, and, you know, so I, I've been reading a quote here lately that God doesn't care what you participate in. He cares how you participate. He wants to know what's your intention or she does. Yeah. I like so, that. Um, so when we um, are experiencing the masculine energy and male energy and Mars energy and Aries energy, what we're really doing is we're looking outside of ourselves at something that turns us on, excites us, and we move on it. We go mm -hmm. towards it mm -hmm. so that we can then experience it. All right. Sounds like a lot of movement is going to be happening this month for people. Whereas maybe we well, felt I mean, a little stagnant. Well, yeah. I mean, you're getting out in the world and planting flowers and gardens and moving and traveling and doing all the things that you've wanted to do for winter. Right. <laughs> so, yes, it's a very, it's a very uplifting time. Everybody's happy. Yeah. I mean, I think, I know I'm ready for it, and that's been the vibe I'm getting from most people. So you just mentioned Neptune, and that, are we ready to talk about that? It comes in with this Neptune-Jupiter conjunction. Well, yes, but before we go there, okay. let's talk about the Aries point in a person's chart. Okay. Because... Astrologers look at the ascendant as your instinctive self. Mm -hmm. Okay. Aries is the de facto ascendant in everybody's chart. So wherever you have Aries in your, in your chart, that's where you in life are taking a proactive uh, approach to discovering yourself discovering your own identity. And uh, this is where you're going to be very assertive and aggressive, courageous, okay. uh, all the thing Aryan, so that you, um, that place in your, in your chart 
we call the Aries point. And so if we look at Aries um, in a person's chart, that becomes a very personal boundaries, instinctive self-expression, how we want to be seen. So this is, okay, for people listening, this is why having an appointment with an astrologer is important because how would you know where this is in your chart? But is this in your chart, like this isn't just the energy right now. This is in your chart as a human for your entire life. You will have this energy with you. Okay, so now let's go. So So everybody works with Aries energy somewhere. Somewhere. And this is where they are strong. This is where they are aggressive, assertive, courageous, Mm -hmm. pioneering, and Mm -hmm. leadership. Okay. Okay, so let's just take you, for example. Mm -hmm. Your, Your Aries is in the 12th house of the subconscious mind. And what's in the subconscious mind? All the the fears, the memories, the pre the the perceptions, the perspectives of all your past. Mm-hmm. It's like when you understand what Carl Jung said: when the conscious mind knows what's in the unconscious mind, you will be enlightened. Hmm. Mm. And so, a person with Aries in the twelfth house, such as yourself is going to make a deep dive into your motivations and your um, um, why um, um, I'm looking for a word, um, your motivations and your uh, uh, intentions. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for, you're looking to clear up why you do what you do. (laughs) I'm laughing because this is how I spend most of my days. (laughs) Okay. But that's, but you see what you're doing is you're trying to discover the motives of life and actions that Mm -hmm. are hidden. Mm -hmm. See, most of our sub, most of our subconscious is hidden until we can confront something external and then evaluate what it, what it is inside of us. So what is that old programming that we have that keeps sabotaging who we are? Okay. So that, that is so interesting because that is literally why I have this podcast. It's what I want to know about all my friends. I think it's so fascinating to know people's backstories and then go, oh, well, of course you think this way because X, Y, and Z happened in your past or um, like this is your fear And that's the thing driving you to make this decision. But that's based off of this experience you had in the past. Like, I love that stuff. And so you're saying I bring that Aries energy into that kind of discovery, which is essentially why I do, like, this podcast. It's why I have the relationships I have. It's why I love doing inner work because I just am so fascinated by it. But not everyone has that. <laughs> okay. Well, I get it now. But you see, you, so you see how the Aries works at such a positive level for you. Yes, it does. Because I'm very okay. driven in that. You are driven. But, you know, your feelings are very strong, but they're suppressed as well because they're hidden. Mm. And this is why, you know, people might not know of your fairy temper. 
Okay. <laughs> because when you when you you hold it in. Until because I you can't. never forget <laughs> anything. This is and, true. And so you you don't forget the injuries and you have a few resentments. Mm-hmm. And so you suffer from troubles brought on by the self, the ego self. Mm-hmm. But look, this is the wonderful thing about that position. This is the spiritual type who is a leader of humanitarian movements and works behind the scenes rather than out front. So you're always searching for that deep understanding that motivates and uh, the spiritual essence of who you want to be Mm -hmm. by exploring that subconscious mind, by exploring those karmics uh, realities by exploring fears, you see? Yeah, and so then the humanitarian piece, is that why I'm so driven to help others yes. through that process? Okay. So as you as you explore mm-hmm. and then do your work that's exploring, people have a lot of aha moments. Mm. Ah, okay. so you're a great role player because you play in the subconscious field mm-hmm. with that courage to confront yourself. So, I mean, it's a very, uh, it's a very good place to be because ultimately Taurus is, would be your ascendant then, which means you're always looking for stability. Mm. And that's hard to find when you're all water and all emotion and all sensitive. (laughs) No wonder I'm so. And so that gives you so much opportunity to make adjustments and corrections to what's going on in your life. All right. So that's, if it's in your 12th house, wait, does it tie into where your ascendant is your Aries point? Or is that just for me? Well, no, no, Aries is on your 12th house cusp. Okay. That's what we looked at as the field of reality. So okay. houses are the field of reality in an individual chart. Planets are the energy yes. that we use okay. in any one field. Okay. And so... so then- you know, the 12th house is also is governed by Neptune, mm. which is, this is uh, the, the battle for Neptune is serve or suffer because you are here to serve humanity. You are a representative of God, a unique creative expression that is representing that you come down now and you have a gift to give all humans or people, humanity. But isn't and that that's for the humanitarian everyone? side? Oh, so not everyone has that. No, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. when it's in when when with Aries in the twelfth, um, there's a there's a great deal of a need to um, serve individuals, mm-hmm. serve everybody you meet. And uh, as you understand Neptune more, we talk about 
you'll understand why. Okay. Because it's an automatic attraction principle in your life. And it's God that's leading it. So in other words, serve or suffer is the battle cry for Pisces, Neptune, and the 12th house. So you have to serve unconditionally. Okay. Of no thought for yourself, because Neptune is dissolving the ego personality to the point, not that it's gone, not that you don't have one, but that you don't listen to it as your master. Yeah. You listen to the soul as your guiding principle. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it makes sense for everything that's happening in my life right now. So there you go. <laughs> okay. So that's and me. So, that's the 12th house. What What were you going to say? Well, so the uh, if you just look at the Aries point, I mean, if it was on your ascendant for Aries, that would be your uh, self-expression. It's on the 12th house for Taurus. That's egoless service to others. That's uh, needing to help others, inspire others, and challenge to the self-sabotaging patterns in your life. In Gemini, it's uh, about friendships, community, groups, uh, your hopes, dreams, and wishes. In Cancer, it's about career and social status, uh, authority, parents. Mm -hmm. In Leo, it's about your beliefs, your philosophy, travel, high mi higher mindedness. In Virgo, it's uh, about merging your sexuality, your energy, my will and thy will come together. It's about sharing resources. In Libra, it's about partnerships and contracts, commitments, disagreements, open enemies, um, it's in Scorpio, it's about work and service, habits, routines, health. In Sagittarius, it's about creativity, children, gambling, love affairs, sports, risking. In Capricorn, it's about the inner home and the outer home. It's they're growing a soul. It's self-image. It's parents and family dynamics. It's property. For Aquarius, it's communications. It's about uh, relationship patterns with others, attitudes toward people, places, and things. It's about relationships because relationships have, have to start with um, your attitude. Mm. So, and Pisces, it's about your resources, talents, abilities, belongings, values, and need for survival. So these are the solar charts Aries points. And so everybody's going to relate to them in some capacity, uh, even, even without having an ascendant chart. I mean, let's just think about uh, you as a cancer. Uh, how much do you think career, social status, and authority, parental role, and bosses play in your life? I mean, a pretty big one. But it's interesting because even wait, okay, so that that energy would still affect me because of the cancer. I'm trying to figure out. Yes. I don't really understand how this works for some reason. 
Well, in other words, you're a cancer mm -hmm. and in a solar chart, see, we're, we're talking about two different charts. One's an ascended chart, which goes by birth time okay. and one's a solar chart, which goes by your sun, which is your will, your power and your creative ability. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to understand both of those principles. Both of those charts are going to have um, more information for you. I mean, you think about how aggressive you have been in your work life mm -hmm. and in your career. Mm -hmm. okay. well, I was just also thinking it's sort of interesting because for me, what you just said about career social statuses but then also like this humanitarian effort, this like service to others, they overlap for me. That's right. So like, cause that's what I've now started to shift towards in my career. Okay. Does that make sense? And so see, they both play okay. a role for you. Okay. And then you got Neptune somewhere in your chart. Right. So, I mean, you know, see, uh, this is how, that's how astrology works. It works as a gestalt. What's it's the whole picture. Okay. I mean, you know, and it sounds complicated. It and sounds some really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> because you are a complicated person. Everyone People is. are very right. complex. People are, yes. Okay. Yes. And th if that's the total reality, which it is, well, then it, everything is in there. Mm -hmm. It's like alphabet soup. Mm -hmm. And then a good astrologer is able to look at it as a whole and then see it as a big picture for you. Okay. Instead of dicing it up and saying this and that, just, you know, like building a stick figure. That's kind of what I felt like when I was uh, first starting out about 50 years ago was thinking about, you know, you know, I remember in school when we used to draw the hangman, mm -hmm. make the head, then make the body and the arms and the legs. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you first start, you know, looking at astrology. Piecing it together. Yeah. Yeah. By pieces. But the gestalt looks at the whole picture mm -hmm. from a soul level. So I, I like to work from a soul level transformational level and a individuated level that and makes course, so much sense lot astrologers work so many levels yeah all right well let's talk about this neptune stuff happening this it's the neptune jupiter conjunction in pisces which only happens every 13 years Yes. And so when we look at Neptune, you're looking at the highest expression of spirit in man. This dissolves, like I said, all individual and physical forms. This is universal love. Uh, and then Jupiter, when, so when you have two energies that come together, they make a, they, they come together to, to then make a definition of those two energies. And then as they separate, one is the seed. Neptune is the seed because it's the slower planet. Jupiter is faster. So Jupiter, which is the planet of opportunity, growth, 
abundance inwardly and outwardly, it moves away from Neptune that set the seed to go out into the world for 13 years and learn and grow and expand on that Neptunian principle and impulse. But it's in Pisces, so that's the energy it's bringing. And right. Pisces is a very like water, emo, feelings. So talk and us Pisces about that piece of Pisces is all about self-sacrifice. Okay. That's that 12th house again. Okay. It's, it's Pisces. Um, let's, say, let's think about this. They're hospital workers. They're doctors. They're mm. nurses. They're jailers. They're, they're people that are helping other people first and foremost above their own needs. They're very giving. They're very intuitive. They're very psychic. They're very guided by a spiritual principle. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we look at Neptune, what we're looking at is that seed principle of your beliefs and your philosophy about life and how you want to interact how, how from culture, society, and humanitarian. I mean, you know, so when I looked at it from a go back for many years and looked at this whole cycle, how it played out, I was just kind of struck by how many wars there were. Mm. Because we're always trying to, there's all, look, we live in a dual world. So there's two, always two factions, especially when we're dealing with ego personalities. You got what you think, I have what I think. And then, you know, I need to prove to you that I'm right. You need to prove to me that you're right. So you go after what you want. I go after what I want. And now we're in a polarity. You know, Neptune is much more democratic. It's much more all humanitarian encompassing. So we're shifting into that right now because there have been we're, so many wars happening. Well, we're moving into a time period now that when it goes into its conjunction, on April 12th, I am hoping that this means within a short period of time, we're going to get rid of some of this vile polarization that's happening all over the planet. I hope so. Did you hear about this Will Smith, Chris Rock situation at the Oscars? Well, of course. Right. It, that to me feels like that, though. It's more of the same, like people are just attacking and I don't know. There's all these um, opinions and it feels like the same thing. It's felt so like so much like politically lately where it's just so divisive and everyone's going to weigh in and there's all these fighting and all these issues and everybody's offended and somebody's going to get canceled. And it's that like, I'm just sick of that. I'm ready for us to move out of it. Well, I imagine everybody's sick of it. I mean, you would I mean, think I I, even <laughs> if you were on the other side of my beliefs, right? they're sick of it. So I mean, this is why hope. we have wars. This is why we have wars. Nobody wants to give ground and make it a win-win situation. Right. All right. So to make things a win-win situation, you have to be much more of a, on a spiritual track to understand the greater sense of source. Yeah. Okay. So let's think of this, this conjunction is happening in your 11th house of hopes, dreams, and wishes, and friends. 
Okay. All right. So there's a need to, uh, you're, you're going to be impregnated with wanting to achieve ideals, goals, which is going to be, you're going to be very, and see, Neptune is the attraction repulsion principle in your life in a core, on spirit's terms, not yours. That's a big deal. So when you get when you get into Neptunian energy, you're on spirits terms. You're not on ego personality terms, physical terms. But that's for the great, like that's what everyone is facing right now, right? That's right. Not, but not- you're facing it in the 11th house of hopes, dreams, wishes, and friends. Right. Because that's where so, it gets in my chart. That means uh, you need to actualize your dreams. Mm-hmm. You need to dream. Okay. Okay. And so you need to be, um, but the, the thing with that is, is you can become so idealistic that it's not really reality. Mm. So that's one thing you got to be care- careful of. Is this reality? Is this possibility? Or yeah. am I getting too far out there? Okay. The next thing is, is you got to be careful with the friends you choose. Mm. (laughs) So (laughs) a lot of times with Neptune in the 11th, we, we place uh, um, certain values and certain idealizations on people and they can't measure up. They can only be themselves. Mm -hmm. And then we're disappointed uh, and let down when they don't follow through with what we believe they should have. Yeah. So that you got to be very careful of that. Uh, You got to be careful of not becoming a martyr to them. And you got to make sure that friends are worth the time and energy that you invest. And, but the wonderful thing about it is you're going to have many of them with the Jupiter side. Mm. So Jupiter will bring you in more involved in groups, associations, community, and it's most certainly going to be attracting more friends. And those are friends where you need to understand are going to be extremely valuable. And it's not a one-sided thing. It is a, what you give, you get. They're going to be given to you in an equal exchange. And so it's really a very good place now as you move into your individuality with Uranus moving in to your Aries house, and it's going to help you start interacting with with friends uh, to achieve your goals in life in a much more um, individualistic, ambitious way and an honest way. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's if it's in your 11th house, it would be targeting those things. I like the examples of how that can play out in individual charts because, um, yeah, like it's an interesting thing to understand the energy of what's happening, but then where it fits in your individual chart is so indicative of probably what's happening in each person's life. Like I know for sure that's what's going on in mine. So right. Interesting. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Um, one of the things that we really need to really understand about Neptune, because this is the spiritual 
Um, this is the most spiritual energy that we deal with. Okay. And wherever you have Neptune in the chart, this is where you have been over individualistic in other lifetimes. And now Neptune is coming in to dissolve that individual so that you can serve people in much more of a spiritual way and attitude. Hmm. Okay. And so we have to understand um, that life is flowing and that flowing is um, that it, it, the life is unfolding, not on your terms. It's on spirits terms. And um, we have to understand that what we seek will come to us if it belongs to us. Mm, I like that one. If it belongs, like nothing that is for you will miss you. That's the, that's the quote yeah. that keeps coming up. In my mind. And then likewise, if anything goes, it's because it no longer or does not belong to you. Mm -hmm. And so what you are alone is power. And nobody can affect that but spirit. Now, try to tell a businessman that that is out here trying to be ambitious and use his desires to be what they think they ought to be or want sure. to be. Okay. I mean, it's hard for all become, of us. When you let right. your ego start driving the bus, it's like, no, but I want these things and I know myself. And so it's a very surrendered life to live where you're accepting that spirit is guiding you. Even if right. that is what's happening, I think a lot of us want to fight that and pretend like we're the ones in charge. Yeah. And so if you give up the personal struggle and ambition, mm -hmm. all that is rightly yours will be drawn to you. You just need to say, stay in the place of let go and let God run my life. Yeah. And then you can formulate the attitude and the creative expression of whatever unfolds. Um, I talk about this a lot, but I do 12-step work, and I was doing the step three stuff with my sponsor last night, and she was saying uh, it's about turning your will and your life over to God, right, and just getting out of the way. And so there was a part of the exercise, and she made me write on a piece of paper, Dear Kelly, you are never going to have your way again. Love God. <laughs> And I, I was super pissed writing it. I did not <laughs> like it. But at the same time, I can look at my life the last couple of years and know that I have been trying, like, dr I've been driven by my fears, by my, the emotions we were talking about. And I've made decisions that are not productive for my life because of it. I mean, I needed all of it, obviously, to get here. But it just is a lot better when spirit's driving the bus. <laughs> and um, and you've actually said to me recently that uh, with my job, you were like, yeah, spirit's about to take over all of that. So just stop. <laughs> like, you just need to keep showing up and like stop trying to overthink it. So anyway, maybe this is lining up with all this Neptune energy. <laughs> oh, my, uh, most certainly. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about where this falls because you did the 11th chart, which is where it hits for me. 
Um, but I'm seeing on this outline that you sent me, there's all these different places that Neptune can hit and all the different signs. Can you talk us well, through those? Let me see. I got to do this by memory here now. Oh, no. Um, and so if it's in, okay, so for an Aries, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be in the 12th house, like, like you. So it's going to be a lot of subconscious. It's going to be a lot of facing fears. It's going to be a lot of, um, karmic issues that you have to understand your motives, your perspective and perceptions, uh, for Taurus, um, this probably ain't going to work because I had, I didn't work it out beforehand. Oh, was it that I'm looking at this thing. Did I have it worked out on that? Oh, I did. You did Marv. Oh, wow. <laughs> you think I I'm was, reading charts over here? Know, I thought I, I was wrong, but I was mistaken. You already worked it out. <laughs> Let's use your areas energy. And okay. So, uh, if you're a Leo, <laughs> let's go it down. Like I have it here. If okay. you're a Leo, this is about, uh, sacrificing uh, the benefits of your partner. So it's giving yourself a way to help others gain their resources. Wait, Glenna, can I clarify? Is this people's sun sign or is this where it hits in their chart that you're reading? That's where Pisces would be in their chart for a Leo. What? <laughs> Pisces, where Pisces would be in their chart for a Leo or wait, or Neptune? Yes, for a Leo. I don't know. You said Pisces though. Do you mean Neptune? Well, Neptune rules Pisces. So okay. when Neptune is in Pisces, it would be in Leo, it would be in a Leo's eighth house of shared resources, intimate partnerships. And uh, it would be where you would have you would serve the partner from a selfless perspective. So for the people listening, is this where the Neptune Pisces energy hits their sun sign? Like, can they go, okay, I'm a Leo. So I'm going to yeah. listen to that one. Okay. So they, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Got it. And if you were a Sag, it would be about finding a stable home and internal, but more so finding your home within yourself. So you're growing a soul. Oh, interesting. Okay. And for Pisces, this is about personal boundary, self-expression. It's becoming spiritually oriented. For Aquarius, this is about the material world, talents, abilities that you use for others not for yourself. See, everything's a sacrifice with Neptune. Mm -hmm. For Capricorn, it's the clarity of concepts and thinking and concentration. It's intellectual understanding. For Scorpio, it's about the freedom of emotion and expression with children, will, desire, but it's the creativity for the benefit of others. Okay. Not yourself. And so for Libra, it's about work and uh, working relationships. It's about working alone, natural remedies, focusing on the needs of others. 
So it would be much more like a, um, a holistic healer of mm. all kinds, a massage therapist, a Reiki therapist, or somebody yeah. like that. Uh, for uh, Virgo, it's the idealistic relationships, out of the ordinary and disconnected relations, but it's about give and expecting nothing. Wow. So giving without motivation for receiving. Right. And then for tar, uh, cancer, this is about your material success, your subconscious mind, the poor judgment. It's about a mystical life. It's about the spiritual life. For Taurus, it's about the career satisfaction of the career, but it's more about humanitarian work, medical work, service work. For Gemini, it's about the friendships, honesty with the groups, but it's about definite aims and goals. Okay. So all those signs <laughs> will, will relate to that in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. But just remember that Neptune is to serve our brothers. This is the most brotherhood of all energies. And when what? is this when is this happening with the Neptune Jupiter conjunction in Pisces? April 12th. April 12th. So mid-month we'll be we'll really be feeling these energies of serving others looking at yeah. how we can serve others. Sounds like a lot yes. of ego death happening. Yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I mean, if we're going back to that Will Smith, um, Chris Rock situation, it feels like as a greater whole, we are about to just implode if we don't get out of our own way. And just like... The divisiveness, like I've talked about, if, if we keep trying to battle our own, you know, opinions so hardcore and not hearing other people or not having empathy or anything like that, like it feels like that's been a consistent theme the last couple of years. And so I'm hoping this energy is going to maybe level us out a little bit with that. Well, it's, I mean, to me, it's all about, we've lost an ability to have win-win situations. Yeah. Yeah. With, with people. I mean... I just have my beliefs and you have your beliefs. We ought to be able to work together. You get some of what you want. I get some of what I want. And it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. Compromise. Compromise. I mean, but that's like relationship 101, right? Like, I mean, and yeah. so we just need to look at it for the greater whole here. I mean, you know, we're, we're in this such hatefulness and aggressiveness and assertiveness. Yeah. Um, it's extremely ego driven. And this is why I'm just, I, I got my fingers crossed that this, uh, Neptune Jupiter, um, will start leveling that out a little bit, mm -hmm. um, as we move forward, because I think it's really important for this country, especially. Amen to that. Well, I guess we shall see. April 12th, big day for us. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of 13 years. The, oh, wow. Okay, well, that could be good, though, right? Like, it's getting out of ourselves well, and serving others. Is, yes. yes. Sure. 
Are you yeah. saying ultimately maybe it's going to be a little painful in the beginning process? Well, I think that's what I started looking at when I was looking at it in history okay. um, in 13 year increments is you kind of look at it from a, like a, a three or four year period, mm -hmm. uh, you know, coming in and then, then happening. And then another couple of years afterwards, see, that's how cycles work. Yeah. Uh, so there's always a coming in the focus point, and then it's starting to manifest. So when we start to manifest ideals, I mean, all we can do is get it started. Mm -hmm. And see, that's very Aries. Aries, the biggest complaint about Aries is they're not finishers, but they are pioneers. They are adventures. So the Aries principle is to go in and make the discovery. Then the Taurus principle comes behind it and establishes security and stabilization. Then the Cancer principle comes in and then brings it in starts trying to make it take shape and form into a new reality. Then the Virgo principle comes in and starts inquiring and questioning on what's needed, what works, what don't work, working together as a whole instead of individually. Then, in, then Libra comes in and says, okay, this is what you've created for seven years. How do you like it? Does it look like it works like you wanted it to work? Do you need to make some adjustments? And then uh, you have the Sagittarius principle, Scorp Scorpio Sagittarius principle come in and say, how does that work for everybody? How does this work for the whole? How does this work for uh, society in general and humanity? Mm -hmm. And then you have the Capricorn principle comes in and you say, well, this is how it turned out. But, you know, there must be something more. So you get the accolades at the Capricorn principle after about 10 years. Well, this is what we created. And so you get that and you say, you know, but there's still some work to be done. So now you shift from the past and look to the future, how do we make a greater future? Mm. And then the Pisces comes in and says, all right, give everything you experienced in the cycle back over to God, which it came, and he will give you a new impression, new insights, new dreams and ideals to move forward into the next cycle. So we're at the beginning of that. So we're at the beginning of it. All right. I'm tired We've got to go out it. in the exploratory um, mindset. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. So, okay. Well, I guess we'll just see what happens. Someone said to me the other day, um, we were talking about when you said something about the soul um, or being on a soul journey and not feeling pain. And you were like, that's not realistic. Uh, someone said to me, pain only comes actually though when we're resisting, like when we're fighting what's happening because pain is a part of the human experience. But if we can like just accept, accept the present moment as it is, it just is, you know, that kind of mentality, we can save ourselves a lot of pain. And so 
I'm hoping maybe we're shifting into that energy, like surrendering versus all this resistance that we've brought the last couple of years of just the fighting and the divisiveness and my opinion, your opinion, our ego driving the bus. Like, hopefully we're going to start laying that down a bit. Well, another way, and another way to say that is frustration comes when you've put too much emphasis on the details. Mm. Yeah. A lot of times I find this uh, with clients, this is the difference between uh, they're all in their head. So there's a disconnect from the heart, from the feelings. Yeah. So that, that causes most conflicts in our life Mm -hmm. is the conflict between the head and the heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, if you follow the heart, how bad can you go off course? If you follow the mind, you can end up in Yakima Valley. Mm. I'm thinking about that one. I need to, <laughs> I need to ponder that. Cause I was thinking about it in terms of relationship. And I know a lot of times I've followed my heart, even when my head says no, and it gets me into trouble. What well, do you say to that? Do you think you followed your heart? I guess. Am I thinking? Well, See, this I is think what I'm you saying. Evaluate that. Okay. Because feelings and emotions are the only truth. Right. This is not oh, a thinking I lifetime. See, I see. I see. I see. I see. I got it. Why were you so attached emotionally? Or from the heart, or so mm-hmm. the feelings. Mm-hmm. What did you fear? Right. I just, right. I just clicked. Right. There you go. I'll journal about that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Marv, tell the people where they can find you. <laughs> they can find me at Marvin at AstroMarv on my email. They can go to AstroMarv.com uh, and find me there. All and, right. Uh, they can always reach out and, and contact me and uh, I'd be glad to help. Yeah. Get a reading of your chart so you know where this stuff fits into your own life. For me, what Marv was using the examples of my chart, it completely lines up. It, I mean, like totally lines up with exactly where I am. And so for me, it's it's that thing of just like, oh, this makes sense. Like, we, no wonder we, I've been we, feeling driven this way. It kind of makes it makes life a little less scary. I don't know why. Well, we call that atom bombs in consciousness. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Aha <laughs> moments is what Oprah calls them. But yeah, same thing. Uh, all right, Marv. Thanks for being here. All right, Kelly, Kelly. This has been fun. On. We'll see you next month. All right. You be good. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts.